Welcome to Locals Only Cantina. Mixing it up with Brandon and Cherie. What's up, what's up, fam? Hey, we're back again. Um, welcome back. Yeah, welcome back, you guys. So tonight we're going to talk about... What are we going to talk about, Brandon? Giving zero fucks. Yeah? Zero fucks, yeah. Um had a friend this last week post some something about how some people were talking shit about a situation that they didn't know the truth of and it just sort of gave me the idea that you know we need to talk about this I mean it's not a new thing in fact I have right here next to me the subtle art of not giving a fuck by Mark Manson great book um, if you haven't read it you need to it's awesome um, and if you have, read, read it again. So we're gonna, we're just gonna talk about this. Shri was uh, asking me what I had planned, and I don't really have much planned. So we're just gonna free flow this thing and see where it goes. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I actually have kind of an idea of what we talked about earlier. That I was like, yeah, let's do this one. So I'm excited. Blend it all in. Yeah, so, let's do cool, it. Cool. All right, let's start with a drink. I got my favorite shot glass here. Yeah, you might have to put it closer to the camera for yeah. those of you watching on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, if you saw the previous episode where we talked about this, one of my good friends bought this for me in Mexico. She said it reminded me of, reminded her of me, and I still can't for the life of me understand why. But yeah, I love the shot glasses. Dope. Somehow he lost his head. You might have to view yeah, YouTube to see why. Disappeared. <laughs> All right, cheers. That was a big one. That was a, yeah. <laughs> Holy moly. She's gonna chase it with her ja ja Jack and Coke. Hey, it's better than just straight Jack if you need it. No, I don't know, I disagree. I think they're <laughs> both great. Anyways, why should anybody give two fucks about what anyone else thinks of them? Do you know what? why? You know what's so crazy is we live in a world where everybody is posting everything and there's weirdos out there putting out podcasts and YouTube videos and stuff like that. And it's weirdos? kind of scary. Yeah. I don't know. We're kind of weirdos. Talking about us? <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, the Did you forget are, what we do? We actually, <laughs> we actually had this idea to do this thing for a long time and we didn't because... Yeah. our own fears of what people might think right or even like thinking like why the hell would people want, want, want to listen to us and stuff like that right so um so i completely understand it so uh but you know what life's just uh not that cool if you restrict yourself based on what you think somebody else thinks of you yeah, and here's the thing. When you live kind of a cool life, when you live life differently than most everybody else, guess what? People are going to have something to say about it. You know why? Because they are sitting around at home seeing you go out and have all the fun, and then all of a sudden in their minds they're like, well, I want to have that fun. That's not fair that they get to have fun, so I'm going to make something up about them just because I'm 
angry that I don't get to go have fun. So I think I think that's part of like what went into like the name of our podcast too is it's locos only, right? Like the crazies of the crazy world, right? <laughs> and you kind of feel crazy when you're not following mm-hmm. what everybody else does. And that's not how we live our life. No. Mm-mm. All right. Well, that's the show. We're done. That's all we have to say. <laughs> no, so, um, actually, the, so the topic that you came up with earlier, though, that we talked about, I think I'm going to just go ahead and interweave this for right now because I think it works. Oh. So, why don't you talk about what you were talking about, and then we're just going to fucking, like, mix and mingle this shit because I think they go hand in hand. I didn't prepare Shree for this. <laughs> no, so... We have a lot of conversations, so I'm kind of wondering, are you talking about the sticky notes? Yeah. Oh, how are you going to weave that together? You watch. I will work <laughs> my magic. Okay, well, I have been doing a fun... Well, put it into one word first. Oh, put it into one word. One word. You know the word because we discussed it. Um... It starts with an I. I. Okay. <laughs> This is the first word you said. Now, I'm not saying the sentence starts with an I. The word starts with an I. The letter I. I don't know. Maybe that was a bigger shout than I should. Second letter was a D. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Last one was a Y. Come on now. So, I identity. There you go. Okay. Um, yeah. So... Fear, right? You know, can somebody really find and act and be who they truly are if they're fearful of what other people think of them? I don't think they can. And I don't think people do. I think people spend most of their their lives trying to be who they're supposed to be instead of who they are. And so that's why I think that those two topics work. Yeah. I mean, honestly, this, like, the way that you're playing into it actually really works. So... Weirdly enough, I don't know yeah, how that happened. <laughs> I got the little hamster in there, he's spinning around. So if any of you guys had watched our very first episode that we put out, it was kind of this identity crisis that I was having with myself and what I saw. I thought that other people viewed me as in trying to get away from that identity. And I think it has all to do with the fact that you just got to make sure that you don't care what other people think. And that's a really hard place to get to. Like, I was struggling with it. The, the reason why we've been wanting to do a podcast or have these conversations for the past couple years and we never started till this last early summer was due to the fact that I had lived my life a certain way for so long and I didn't know how to separate myself from that. I didn't want to actually hurt any of the people that I love by really revealing the type of person I am or the crazy person that I am and just accepting me for me. And it really had to do with just the way I felt with about myself. And I think sometimes we push that on other people and say it's because of them, it's because of this, but really it's just being able to finally be complete with yourself and understanding that you don't need to worry about what other people think. And when you can get past that fear, then all of a sudden your whole world opens up and 
all of a sudden all those fears, all those questions, all those things that other people think are not as painful when they come about. Right. <laughs> it's true. It's true, right? So But too, like we can do we can do that to our partners also, right? Mm. And that's kind of what I was talking about earlier. Sometimes we can we might see somebody and we might judge them and say oh they must be doing this that's why they're having this issue or maybe if they did this they'll not have any issues but like sometimes we do that to our partners too sometimes we give them an identity that we think up of them and we can't get past that if we think those thoughts about them certain thoughts like oh maybe your partner doesn't do the dishes enough maybe they don't cook dinner enough maybe they don't spend enough time with the family or maybe they work too much and stuff like that. When you start placing those identity, and this is what I was talking about with stickies, is you kind of can keep piling up all these stickies of like what your partner is in your life. Stickies, you didn't describe Sticky that. Sticky notes. See, see, just to, so, so you understand, stickies. she was saying like if you had a picture of your partner and you keep putting sticky notes on Yeah, there you go, like sorry, it, sorry. You're leaving them in the complete dark and just saying You know, stickies. I have the picture in my mind, can't you guys see it? Yeah. Like that should be just a thing that should happen. Yeah, Shree thinks it like just projected on. <laughs> No, but if you, have, if you have a picture of your partner and you start writing down the things that you know about them right now, they, especially if you've been married for quite a while, like maybe 10, 5, 10 years or more, then you definitely have some things that like have some real feeling behind the words that you use, right? And you write them on a sticky note and you place it on their picture and you can start piling up all these sticky notes. But if you realize and you look at all the words and all the things that you've said about that person you've created their identity in your own head. So that most likely isn't actually who they are, but you're never gonna get past the way that you feel about them because of those identity characteristics that you're placing on them. So if you're like, oh, he, my husband's never home or he doesn't help out enough, then you're constantly gonna have these negative thoughts about his identity and you'll never appreciate him for the good things that he does. When there's a ton of good things that you can see in your partner, you just can't get past those sticky notes that you've placed on top of them. Yeah. Is that what you want me to do? Yeah, that was good, that was good. Um, so, we live in this world where people have expectations of you you have expectations of yourself, but most of the time the expectations you have for yourself are you expect yourself to live up to somebody else's expectations, right? Yeah, 100%. So there comes the part where like we just have to like not give, give a fuck, right? So I made a few ear, earmarks in this book here just really quick here. We're going to go through and I'm just going to talk to this, talk to Sheree about this and we're just going to discuss it. Because... Unless I'm mistaken, you have not re re read this book, right? I have not. Okay. Nope. Right. Okay, so first first one here, Shree, we're going to talk about. It's called The Feedback Loop from Hell. Okay. Let's see here. Um, there's an insidious quirk inside your brain that if you let it, it can drive you absolutely bat batty. Tell me if this sounds f f familiar. You get anxious about confronting some someone about your life or confronting somebody in your life 
That anxiety cripples you and you start wondering why you're so anxious. Now you're becoming anxious about being anxious. Oh no, doubly anxious. Now you're anxious about your anxiety, which is causing more anxiety. Quick, where's the whiskey? (laughs) Feedback loop from hell. We all know what that feels like, right? Yeah. You freak yourself out about something. And it just like your your fucking brain's like your worst enemy, right? It goes over and over and over and over and over again. And here's the thing: it's not even real yet. You've only thought about this thing, right? So because you give so much of a fuck about what someone else thinks, you drive yourself nuts before the actual interaction ever even like takes place. Yeah, you kind of create a fear within yourself that didn't even need to be there. It wasn't even a fear in the beginning, but all of a sudden by looping it around so many times in your head and creating that anxiety, all of a sudden it becomes this fear that you now have. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be anxiety. It can be anger. Like it talks about the next thing. Um, Let's say you have an anger issue. You get pissed off about the stupidest thing, most insane stuff, and now you have no idea why. And the fact that you get pissed off so easily starts to piss you off even more. And now you're in rage and you realize you're being angry all the time makes you a shallow and mean person. And it just goes on and on and on and on, right? It's just feedback loop from hell. But it's self-torture, it's self-inflicted, right? But it's self-inflicted because you're thinking about like how somebody else perceives you, right? Anyway, so I think like, I mean, we're going to go on, but the point of this book is like the subtle art of not giving a fuck. It's the newest uh, rage and uh, self-improvement, right? (laughs) Because if you simply don't care, then you can live your life according to your own terms, right? And... Just because you don't care doesn't mean that, like, you're not trying to do good things, right? You're just less concerned about what somebody else might think of you. I mean, there's so many times where you're trying to reach your dreams or reach your goals and people want to, like, bring you down. It's, it's just a true fact that people don't, people don't push you down from above. People pull you down from below most of the time, right? You know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm. So there's there's a guy that I used to follow follow a lot. His name is Rich Cooper, and he always said this. He said, "In this life, you only have so many fucks to give, so it's up to you to del- delegate those fucks only to those things which are fuck worthy." Does that make sense? And it's a good thing we're not like monetized yet on YouTube because there's gonna be a lot of swear words. On- <laughs> on this one <laughs> well but right does bring, that make sense yeah bringing it into the space of relationships i mean you you do have to care to a point with your partner but i think you can really make yourself crazy by staying in that zone of caring so much about a situation and and not being able to move past it and i think that when you realize that you keep going in that cycle and you start creating that anxiety, it just builds on it. And it's kind of like that bottling up type of thing that happens, you know, like your partner pisses you off or makes some 
you're going through some hard thing and instead of talking to them and getting it out in the open and actually getting to the point where we don't have to care about it anymore like it's easy to just be lost in that cycle until you're like okay you know what this is scary guess what i have to like let that go i gotta have no fucks to give and just have this conversation with my partner because you're never gonna get through it you're never gonna get past it unless you have that conversation you'll never stop bottling it up it'll just keep bottling 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 Until some, it makes you crazy. Some some of those things are just simply not fuck, 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 fuck worthy, right? It's like we've talked about before. Like, sometimes you just have to, like, pick your fights, right? Some things are just not worth it, right? Yeah. And it's like right now I'm staring across the room right there, and there's some shoes, my kid's <laughs> shoes on the ground. And I don't know how many times I've t- 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 told them to put their damn shoes where they're supposed to go, right? I mean, is it really worth yelling and screaming about to to your kids or at your kids about their shoes, right? At some point in time, they're just like, Jesus Christ, right? They're just not going to learn. But it's not worth, like, messing up relationships over. So, you only have so many fucks to give. Delegate those fucks to those things which are fuck-worthy. And uh, I think if you know, you know. If you can understand that, you know what I mean. But not everything is worth you giving a fuck about, Okay. What say ye about this one, Shree? I'm going to read this and then you respond. Not giving a fuck does not mean, does not mean being indifferent. It means being com- comfortable with being different. Again, not giving a fuck does not being indifferent. It means being comfortable with being different. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. So... I mean, this whole thing that we're doing with our podcast has been somewhat scary for me, honestly. And Brandon knows that, like, I hate seeing myself on video. I hate listening to my voice. Like, I have, like, this fitness channel type thing that I've been doing. And when I first started it, the way that Facebook algorithms worked i anytime i'd pick up my phone i would be on my own phone and i hated it like sometimes i'd open up my phone and i'd want to throw my phone across the room right but you have to get to a point where it's okay to be you and you just can't worry about what other people think and i think we give so much power to other people by giving like putting more effort into that thought you know Like, even when I put out, like, my first podcast that I did for my other podcast, like, it took all everything that I had in my whole being to push the button to actually send it out, right? Because it was so scary. Because you do care. You know what? We can all say that we don't care, but on the end of the day, we all slightly care just a little bit, right? And so it's getting to that level of being able to not care anymore. And that whole process is just the process you have to go through. But when you say you don't care, right? So so don't care, that's like sort of like the definition of being indifferent, right? Yeah. And so people will walk around and they're like pretending not to care. Of course we fucking care about things. We care about all the things, right? But you don't want to you don't want to say you care because then all of a sudden you're like you're, you're standing for something, right? So it's here. Indifferent people are afraid of the world and the reper Cushions of their choices. That's why they don't make any meaningful choices. They hide in the gray, emotionless pit of their own making, self-absorbed and self-pitying, perpetually distracting themselves from the unfortunate thing demanding their time and energy called life. 
Yeah, I mean, different. What are you doing? Did that hit you? Did that hit right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think here's the crazy thing is I think we all are in this state of nobody's like me. Nobody's going through the stuff that I'm going through. Nobody's been where I've been, right? And the crazy thing is is most people have felt the same feelings you have felt. Most people struggle with a lot of the same things that you struggle with. And so when we're stuck in this mode of like thinking that we're so different than everybody else, then it places this fear of like putting ourselves out there, right? Like I know like when we even started this podcast that I was going to be different than what everybody knew my old identity to be. And that was a big conflict for me, honestly. Like I I grew up in a very religious environment and my father was in a high position in the church that he grew up in and it was his higher position that he was in was during my high school years and so everybody knew me as my dad's daughter right so i had this identity that was given to me placed upon me it wasn't something that i chose for myself it was just like everybody's sticking their sticky notes on top of my picture, right? Like, Shree's this, Shree's that, Shree's this. Like, they were just, it was this big pile that I didn't know how to actually remove. I didn't know how to, like, find my way out of it. And it took being able to, actually, being able to think about doing this podcast and what it meant for me to put my honesty out to the world and try to help other people get through those same things that I struggled with and going to an event where we were pulled up on stage to speak in front of a thousand people and being faced with my biggest fear and realizing, you know, we all have these big things in our head that's, that are actually not as big as we think they are. We place so much power on those things and then they paralyze us. And that's kind of where I was before we started doing this. And until I got to a point where I was like, you know what? It's my time in life. It's my time to create my new identity. And I don't think that very many people realize that they have to make that choice. Even 50-year-olds still to this day will say, you know, I do this because my parents taught me this, right? guess what? You separated from your parents when you were like 18 or whatever, right? You should be able to create your own identity, but somehow we're still pulled back to it because we care, you know, we worry, we stress, we have anxiety about changing who people see us as instead of being just who we are. We can't really even be ourselves because we're so worried about what other people think. And I think that that's what this whole book is probably about. I don't know. I haven't read it. <gasps> it magically brings me to my next earmark. <laughs> okay. See? This Do is it, like baby. inspired shit right here. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm going to read this and I'm going to, it's going to be another what say ye thing. You're going to respond. Okay. Prepare yourself. It's deep shit right here. Man, you like to put me on the spot, don't you? <laughs> to not give a fuck about adversity, you must first give a fuck about something more important than adversity. Yes. Yeah, completely, completely plays into this, right? <laughs> Damn, I'm good. <laughs> I'm so good. 
So for me, and I mean, if any of you guys have watched any of our other podcasts, like we have talked about our journey in leaving our religion and, and I did have to come to that moment where I realized that I had a bigger purpose for this podcast, that there are going to be other people who struggled through the same things that we've struggled through. And and my whole thing in my life is if I can say something, do something, or be something, create something that can change somebody's life for forever to help them think in a different way, to think the possibility of an even better, greater future for themselves. And especially as couples, you know, as we see a lot of our friends getting divorced, we see a lot of people, a lot of couples our age getting divorced. And we didn't want to be one of those, right? And to be able to see that, I knew that I needed to get past my fear because it was a higher importance than the fear that I was facing. That's what I got to say, baby. Yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts on it? Like, you're just reading. You're not even giving any thoughts. What are your, what's your two cents? My two cents um, were this. Let's see. Let me go back to it again. Oh, he's cheating. He's just going to take all of his thoughts out of the book instead of... I'm going to read it again. <laughs> oh, okay. To not give a fuck about adversity, you must first give a fuck about something more important than adversity, right? So, it's this, okay? Um, there are so many, many times in our lives where, like, fear paralyzes you, right? You're like, oh, this is awful. I hate my job. I hate my career. I hate this or that, right? But you're only going to take action on something when the fear of not doing it is bigger than the fear of staying there. Does that make sense? Like, Sri talks about this, like, when we, when we, when she decided to leave the church and stuff that we were growing up in, right? Um, and that was true for me too, right? Like for, for, for me, it became a tr truth issue, right? And the fear of staying there and the repercussions that that would have on my kids and all this and that, if I continue to teach them that I, something that I no longer believe to be true was greater than the fear of stepping into the unknown, right? And that, and I think about that often in my career and my life and work and stuff that I do right now too. You know, um, I got a gig going right now. It's really good and everything like that, but it's really comfortable. And sometimes I think to myself, like, is the comfort of where I am now stopping me from achieving something great, right? Um, and that's and that's just the thing. I mean, like, you have to give a fuck about something that's more important. So the subtle art of not giving a fuck does not mean you don't give a fuck about anything at all it just means you de delegate your fucks to those things which are fuck worthy right and so you activate your fucks for those things that count the most right so i don't know if that makes any sense but yeah and you know it kind of for most people that that moment never happens until they hit rock bottom right they have to Most, hit rock yeah. bottom before they can see that this other thing is of greater purpose than the thing that they're going through or the thing that they're I mean, staying there's in. There's so the many, many people that like have achieved 
great things that we all look up to and we admire, but if we knew them when they were at their worst, we would have had different thoughts about them. Sheree's taking a course right now on Anthony Robbins' course. Um, And she told me about a story last night where he, when he was young and when he first got involved in what he's doing, he had his rock bottom stage, you know, and now we look at Tony Robbins and he's like this larger than life, fucking more money than God, like, guy. But at one point in time, he lived in his car, right? Homeless. And, uh... Yeah, he was kicked out when he was 17. Well, actually, he didn't... He wasn't really kicked out. His mom chased him out with a knife. (laughs) And if you're being chased out of your home with a knife by your mom, things aren't going so great for you. And so he ended up having to Pretty live. Pretty bad. I can't imagine the situation <laughs> where I chased my kids out of the house right. with a knife. Well, his mom suffered from drug abuse and things like that. And yeah. so that was just the life that he lived. So at age 17, he hit his rock bottom. And most of us won't change anything until we hit rock bottom. And for him, it was earlier on in age. But what if we learn the skills of how to tap into that potential without hitting rock bottom is it possible what do you think of course it is people do do it all the time yeah it's just happens to be those stories that we hear that seem to be the most inspirational or the ones that like came from like the nether regions up right like they they came from the rock bottom up right but the point in doing stuff like this right is to help like share experiences so that people don't have to hit that point right and it's not that Shree and i have everything going on right but i but but i do think that like when people have a solid relationship when they have a solid idea on their career or they have a solid idea on how to build a business or to live a good good life or whatever i do think we have a story to tell and i think it becomes our responsibility to tell it right However, fear most of the time stops us from speaking our minds, which is why we're talking about not give, giving a fuck, right? So um, let's go on to maybe, let's see what my next earmark was. I don't remember at this point in time. Well, I really liked how you were saying that, like when you have a partner and you can make those things happen because I had somebody say something to me when they found out that we had moved to Hawaii Um, without any plan honestly like we moved to hawaii without having jobs without having a place to stay we just my mom told me i was a stupid ass (laughs) yeah we didn't have a whole lot of support from the people around us so if we really cared what they thought we would have never left to hawaii but the thing that was so incredible for me is i knew like my world actually at that time like i just had knee surgery and i was super depressed i wasn't really enjoying my job and i just felt like my world was kind of caving in on me and i knew that the most important thing to me in my life was my husband and my kids and even like brandon and i were going through some big issues at that time and I just knew that I needed this move to Hawaii to be able to set things straight. I weirdly like thought, you know, if we can go to Hawaii and we can bring it back to us, to the simplicity of who we are as a couple, who we are as a family, 
then there's a chance for us to be greater than where we're at right now. And we had talked about like going to Hawaii many times over the years and moving to a location by the beach because we're beach bums a little bit, right? And I was either on board and Brandon wasn't, or he was on board and, or I was on board and he wasn't. Does that make sense? Hopefully. Yeah, I think you said that twice. <laughs> anyway, you know what I'm saying. But vice versa. <laughs> vice versa. Yeah. So it it was this moment that was kind of like my whole world was caving in on me. And I actually watched this movie, and I think it's called. She has it all or something like that. It has Sarah Jessica Parker in it. And I had just had knee surgery and I was sitting on the couch and I was just watching a plethora of movies. I don't usually watch a whole lot of TV or movies, but I was stuck sitting down doing nothing but watching shows. And this this show, this movie actually like really spoke to me. And it was about this woman who thought she could have it all, right? Like she wanted to be able to be good in her for her family she wanted to be good for her husband she wanted to be good for work she wanted to be good in so many different areas and she just couldn't keep the balance she was like suffering she was falling into like this depression of the life that she built around herself and that's kind of where i was feeling at that point and just feeling like my world was all caving in but the cool thing was is when we made that move to hawaii without really having any real planning at all um someone said to me when when we got back they said it is incredible that you guys could make a move like that and be able to be successful and i think that the only way that we were able to pull through and be successful in it is because brian and i both put in the work for things right like we knew that we had to go there and get jobs and we had to do that to survive how many people can just give up their jobs and go start over again and there's a type of real resiliency that you have to be able to have to own to be able to make that happen and i think all the experiences that brian and i had leading up to that point made that possible for us like leaving our religion that changed our whole world we had to start over from ground zero we didn't like, I lost all my friends. I didn't have anyone to talk to all, anymore. All of them. Well, majority. A lot of them, but they were all fake friends. Yeah. And that's what you learn. Yeah, no, but, like but what I'm saying is, like, you have these experiences where you learn how to be resilient in these situations. And then when big changes like that come along and you want to be able to make that happen for yourself... Like, you really have to be kind of as a couple, like, it's the world against us, right? Like, yeah. we are creating our world. We're creating our life together. And nobody can touch that because we're here to have these experiences together. And nothing is going to change that. We're going to stay together and make this our journey together. And I think that was a huge part of what made our life so successful in Hawaii and then coming back here and being able to rebuild our lives again after COVID. So yeah, I remember a friend telling me like after we came back and he's like, man, if anyone can go through what you guys just went through and then come back and like recover like you did, it's you, you guys. Right. And I honestly had a hard time like seeing what, I mean, we always have a hard time seeing what people see in us sometimes. Right. But that like meant a lot to me to hear that. Right. Because it was a huge thing. I mean, we we were doing fine in Hawaii if the fucking 
plague hadn't escaped from a lab in China like it did, then we would have all been fine, right? We'd still be there, fun in the sun. However, life works, life happens for you and not to you. And I can understand that now. And now that I'm back here in Utah again, like, I mean, of course I miss Hawaii and I would love to be there also, but there's been a lot, a lot of really great things that have taken place since we've been home too. So, um, that's all good. Let's move on to the next one <laughs> because th this is one I love, right? In fact, this is the last like earmark I made in the book, but the importance of saying no. What say ye about that? I'm not even going to read anything from that. I think that's enough for, like, <laughs> to, to start a discussion. Oh, yes. That it, no is such a great word, actually, I'm because... Drink, you're not drinking fast enough. <laughs> well, you know, I'm eating super, super clean, yeah. so I get affected the by... She takes, like, a... She, like, <laughs> smells alcohol right now. And she just yeah, that's what happens when you eat really clean. You don't need a whole lot. Yeah. But... You know, learning to say no is such an empowering thing to be able to incorporate into your life, your life, because like, especially like if you live a busy life and you're trying to keep up with everything. And I was always, I was always taught, you know, to be able to serve others, to always like please others, to always do these things for others, right? And I always want to be that person. I always want to be helpful for other people. But sometimes no is just the answer that you have to give. And, and actually until probably this past year, I never really realized the power in saying no. And sometimes saying no means more time for us and being able to get back to us as a couple. Sometimes saying no to other people is getting back to our family time to where we can bond as a family and it's gonna hurt people's feelings. They're not gonna like it, but guess what? They care a little bit less than you think they actually do. And there's so much power that comes from freeing up time in your life by not constantly having to do everything. Now on the other side of that, I am one that I love to be busy. If I didn't, if I tried to really not be busy in my life, I would feel like my purpose was less in this life. <laughs> so saying no to things that are not as important to me and what brings and what adds to my life has actually been an empowering thing because I am so busy. And when I can add more things into my life that like bring me up to the next level or bond me to the people I love, there's so much more power in yeah. that. I have started saying no to things on Sunday because we're so freaking busy. We're doing shit all the time and people are, oh, you want to do this on Sunday? No. And I say, it's the Lord's day. And they say, but you're an atheist. I said, yes, but I'm the Lord of my manor and the Lord's going to sit, sit his ass on the couch and watch TV with his wife and kids <laughs> all day. That's the plan, right? I, I need at least one day where I can fucking sit around and not do shit, right? Um, and that's okay. That's fine, right? Like, you need to say no, right? Um, because there's nothing worse than working all week, then you do this stuff on Saturday, and then Sunday somebody invites you to, like, a family thing on Sunday, and you're there. It's an hour drive, and then you're there till like, 9 o'clock at night. You don't get home till 10, and then you're fucking back to work again, right? Like, it's bullshit, right? 
I don't believe in the religion I grew up in, but I do think that the day of rest is a good fucking plan, right? (laughs) It was in the good book, Brandon. It was in the good book. book. You can say no. It's okay, right? But if you can't say no, though, then what power do you actually have, right? You're just being a people pleaser, right? Um, And that's not what we want to do. And people don't respect that either. No, when you people please, then they just learn and condition and cross boundaries that you haven't placed for yourself. And they're going to keep doing it over and over again because they... You teach people how to treat you. Yeah, they're just going to know that you're going to always be there as a yes, right? And sometimes you just have to say no to put yourself on a higher ground. It's like, uh, have you guys ever seen the movie Yes Man? Yes, I have. You have. I, I know you have. But you One guys, of my favorite we movies. Love it. Jim King, Carrie Flick, it's awesome, right? If you guys haven't seen it, definitely For give sure. it a watch. But the moral of the story is like, this is a dude that said no to everything, which was also not good. So then he went to this like conference where they taught him to say yes to everything, and then he did, and all of a sudden, all these new things in his life opened up. But then saying yes to everything was also became a lot right it became not so good either and so in in the end it had like it became like this right like you say yes to lots of things and you say no to some things right and i think that's a good balance in life you learn to say yes to some of the new things that you're maybe uncomfortable with because it might like open up new like avenues in your life right but sometimes no is absolutely appropriate you need to be somewhat selfish in your life, you know, and do the things that you need to do. And sometimes that means saying no. Well, I think that we think it's being selfish, but honestly, it's actually just kind of taking a step back and realizing, is this good for my life? Well, Does this add to my life? Selfish is kind of like has a stick, has a stigma as like a bad word, right? But it's not, right? Like what's wrong with being selfish sometimes? Nothing. I think that's actually probably a big issue that people have is that they're not selfish enough. And I always, I'm like a big advocate for being able to do stuff for yourself because you can only fully show up for other people in your life when you fully give yourself what you need. And there's being selfish, like I'm going to run away and I'm not going to take care of my business. And then there's selfish that like, Oh, I need this to better my life so that I'm better for other people. And I think that's where people get hung up is there are a lot of selfish people who go out and do their own thing that takes away from other people. But if you're adding to your life, if you're adding to the people that really matter in your life, then you know you're making good decisions. Absolutely. And honestly, like... Like we talk about like always being like in good shape, always like taking care of yourself. And that's like a big part of being able to show up for yourself and teach yourself how to love yourself. And we don't do that enough. You know, like I, you have so much more respect for the people around you who can actually take opportunities to give to themselves because they show up better for you. And when you actually switch your mindset and realize that that's what they're doing and that's what's adding to your life, then you realize that it's less of a selfish act than what you think it is. But yeah. 
like for me as a mom, like sometimes I like get really worried that like me going to the gym or me doing like things for me, like going out with my sisters or doing or going out on date night. Like I can be like, oh, I'm I'm feeling so selfish about these these choices. Right. But actually, you know what? It adds to what I can give to my children. I'm thinking that I'm taking these things away from my children. But when they see that me and their dad have this amazing relationship and we don't skip out on date night when we make those times happen or maybe we make opportunities to spend with the people that we love then they'll want to create those same experiences in their own life and it's a good example for us to show to our kids that it's important to take care of ourselves. i hope so I mean, that's the plan. Not I hope so, Brandon. That's True story. No, True I mean, story. That's, that is that is the plan. You know, I mean, I, I try to show my girls the example of who they should be with one day. And I hope that that works. We'll see who they pick someday. Well, everybody, I feel like every girl sort of picks some guy that's similar to their dad. So You seem I'm like your dad? Holy shit, do our girls have some stuff to go through? (laughs) You are a little bit like my dad. and and how so? Well, you are one that always studied the scriptures in depth. I did. I know the scriptures inside now. And you were a hands-on guy. Like, I grew up helping my dad build an addition onto our house. Like, I did a whole, whole lot. I was 12 years old. But, you know, like, I spent the time out, like, helping my dad. He might not even remember as much as I do, but I love those moments. I love being out there with him, like, helping him build it or work on it or, like, seeing my dad work on cars. I knew that I wanted to have a guy that knew how to do those things and how important it was to have a guy that can create, that can, like, that doesn't need to have somebody else do it for them. Like, I just wanted that type of guy so i think we all yeah, kind of sorty pick yeah, somebody you always way. like passive aggressively poke at me about my jeep in the garage though oh yeah it's been sitting there for forever <laughs> project car that's how it works uh-huh uh-huh it lives in there that's its house i was mostly poking because we had to move and i didn't know how i was gonna get to move over here and now it's just taking up space but it's not taking up space it's getting close (laughs) it's almost there no i'm super excited for it to get done because i love that that car that's mostly why i push you because i think it's a pretty cool car and we need to drive it we do that's true (laughs) it's gonna, gonna be cool um yeah well I don't know what else I have to say about this. What, 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 what do you think? Well, I just think like kind of playing into like what I was saying before is is creating a relationship where mm. you can be the world against us, right? Like if you know that your story, what your relationship that you're building, you look out to the future, like like think about where you're at in your relationship right now. Where are you at? Think about all the things that you don't like about your relationship. Think about all the issues that you have. What would you like to change for your future in your relationship? Where do you see your relationship? If you don't see a future for your relationship, then it's going to 
be a very monotonous life. You're not going to really realize what right. you have and you're not going to work towards those things. Like for me, I'm at a scary point. I'm at this like weird point in my life where now like we have this son who is going to be graduating this year. And it kind of weirdly freaks me out. It's a little scary to have your first kid like graduate and like realize that everything you've ever taught them has to come into play right now as they become an adult and they move on with their life. And it makes you sit in this question of, uh, did I do enough? Am I like, did I create the enough experiences for that? And I've been so focused on all of that, that I have actually taken the thought away from like what my future means for me and what it means for us as a couple. And sometimes we can get so wrapped up in our kids' monumental moments in their life that we forget that we actually still live our own lives. And I think that that's important to realize that you still have a future past your kids hitting these monumental moments. And it's very important for you to keep your relationship strong, keep it going so that one day when your kids all leave the house, you still have this relationship where you're like, Okay, when the last kid finally moves out of the house, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, this is our time. It's time for us to get back to us, you know, and if you don't do the thing, I'm going to be super sad when all the kids well, get around. Of course you are. Well, what I'm saying is, like, <laughs> you don't want to, like, get to a point you where don't, you're... <laughs> you don't want your kids to move, move out. And, like, my dad said when, when uh, I moved out, I was the youngest. He's like, I don't even know what to do. My, your mom and I just like sit in the room and stare at each other. <laughs> you don't want that, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah. You want to um, be able to create this future in mind for the two of you yeah. that you're both looking forward to. Yeah. And that only happens by doing the things that we've talked about in many podcasts, you know, taking like taking the opportunity to show up for each other, taking the opportunity to still date each other and not just go on dates, but actually date each other. Get dressed up for your dates, plan for your dates, get excited about the moments that you share together and what future you have together when the kids are gone. Because I don't think very many couples think about that. They're so focused on what their kids are going through that they get to a point when their kids move out and then they're like, Hmm. Yeah. Like, what are we going to do now? Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting because I'm going to get to this and then I'm going to get to another point afterwards because I just thought, thought of it, but it's, it's interesting because you're used to what, like your experience was like with your family, right? Your parents, right? I know like what my mom and dad were like, you know, what your mom and dad were, were like. But now we're getting older and we have friends that are like the same age as our like parents were like when we moved out, right? We have friends that are dramatically different <laughs> than what our parents were. Like I'm wearing my my friend's shirt right here, RJC Racing, right? Um, he builds car parts or Bu- Bu- Buick parts for um, Buick Grand Nationals. And uh, the dude's got a race car from hell. It's fucking awesome, right? But... My point is this, when we were younger, our parents were about that age, we moved out and all of a sudden, now these guys, their kids just moved out and everything like that and they're like, yeah, we're like super sad that our kids are gone, but they're like living it up also, right? Because they're still young at heart, they're healthy, they're like fit, they look good, this and that. Um, 
My buddy's like fucking ripped and yoked and his wife's got legs up to here and she's gorgeous and blonde and they're just like they're out living their life right you know and I, I feel like we used to have this idea of you just got old right but I don't think you'd necessarily need to get old like you get older but how 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 you age is completely up to you right how your relationship is after your kids leave is completely up to you. And so like Shri and I, we're trying to keep it all like hot and sexy all the way up until that time. So it's, it's not a change, right? You know? And uh, that's just not the experience I had when I was a kid, like with the examples I had, right? And I love my mom and dad to death. Um, I wish my dad was still here. He's, my dad was my best friend. He happens to not be here because of cancer, right? Fuck that shit, right? Um, however, the lifestyle was dramatically different, right? And I think, man, we only got this one life to live. Fucking live that shit. Stay young forever, right? You might get old, you might get gray, but you don't need to, like, be old. Yeah, so we actually used to when we lived in the area that we live in now before we moved to hawaii um, we used to have these like weekend get-togethers with our neighbors right and when we met these friends that brandon's talking about um they came over to our house for like a barbecue or something and after they left like some of our friends were like did you just invite strippers to our <laughs> to your house and i was like I'm like, what? I so hope <laughs> But you know what was was incredibly well, so cool awesome. about that is the fact that they cut themselves so young and attractive How and fun. How would you guys feel <laughs> if somebody at came like you like got invited to a party and all of their friends assumed you guys were strippers just because you're in such good shape? Yeah, and they're like ten years older than us, and they Fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. like how cool is it to be in that? Like, they're this, actually a couple that I look up to because I'm dude like was 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 my gym par partner for like a long time, right? Like one of my the best friends. But point is this, right? Like, you ha like we have no choice but to age. How you age, however, is completely up to you, right? Now, let me get back to this last point. We're gonna like bring this back around, okay? So, the start of the show was to not give a fuck, give zero fucks, combined with identity, right? Here's, here's, here's my point and here's why I thought that those two things mixed. You cannot ever truly figure out who you actually are and be who you actually are if you are fearful of what other people think of you. That is my point. That was the point of this one, right? And the show kind of went in different ways and this and that. And that's okay because it always does. I think it's more fun when it's just like fluid and free, right? But point is this. You cannot ever have a true identity be who you are when you are fearful of what somebody else thinks of you. Yeah. So... Live your fucking lives. Do the weird shit that you do. Be the weirdo that you are. That's fine. But be you. And, uh... Yeah, I, 
I think if you can do that, then I think at least you can get to the end of your life. Say you're on your deathbed and you're like, well, listen, I at least did me, right? And what's better than that? I think the thing that would be worse than that is like thinking, oh, I always tried to be someone else. I always tried to live up to someone else's expectations. And um, I never got to truly be me, right? That shit, right? Because here's the reality. When you step into your real identity, when you stop living the life that everybody wants you wants to place upon you, then you're going but to... Wait, wait, wait. You're going to get to a point where you're going to be surrounded by those like-minded people. When you truly step into your true identity, all of a sudden the people who weren't really like rooting for you, being there for you, will all fall off and you're going to find the people that really speak to you, that will level you up, that will help you out. But then there's the contradictory like flip side of this stuff though too, right? Where if you're like, oh, I'm just gonna do me and people need to love me for me and this and that, but you're like morbidly obese and you can't figure out why you can't find a mate who like wants to be with you, right? Like there also is that. Yeah, but you always got to be leveling up, right? You got to be honest with yourself, okay? I'm talking you about being, being you, the best for, for version yeah, of you. Yeah, you, you can being be. you, you got to be honest and say, hey, am I happy with my situation? Am I happy with my life? If you write down what your current situation is and you're not happy with your current situation, write down what you need to do to change it because you know you're just not willing to make the steps happen right. at this point in time when you look at yourself self in the mirror you know whether you like what you see or not so i'm not asking you to like be fake about yourself be real with yourself if you don't like what you see then change it yes. if you like what you see then you're good right but if you like go to the bathroom and you look down and you can't see your stuff or you can't see your feet. Well, there's probably something you need to change in your life, right? But there are people out there that will judge you no matter what. Yeah, you're always going to be fact, judged. In fact, most of the time when you level up, you find yourself being judged more than when you were not leveling up. When you start to live your live your life for you and you start to do healthy things and you start to look good, you start to like work out, there will be people tell, telling you, I experienced this as a kid. I, I was somewhat of a fat kid and it was my own family. I, I, I would lose weight. And when I was, you know, I was kind, kind of a fat kid in high school and the skinnier I got, the better in shape I got. My own mom was saying, you've lost enough you've lost enough weight, you need to stop. And I'm like, no, I'm not done yet. I'm not even close to done. And now I'm 43 years old and I'm still not done, right? You know what I mean? Um, but you'll find that when you're overweight, when you're not in shape, when you're not doing good things, you don't really get a lot of like harsh judgments. Usually it's when you start to level up and you start to do things different than what people expect. That's when you get the worst of the judgments. And that's what I was talking about, about not giving a fuck, right? Because a lot of times when you want to start a podcast, you want to start a new business, you want to start what, whatever the case may be, that's when you're the most concerned. You're not ever concerned when you go sit down at like Wendy's and eat a Dave's Double. No, nobody even thinks t t t t t twice about that. 
But they do think twice when they're all eating the day's double, and you eat it like a salad, 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 salad instead. Shri had a podcast a couple of weeks ago, and we're almost we're like way over time, so we should quit here. But the guest that she had on um, was a girl that's been competing in fitness stuff, and her I think it was her sister, if I'm not mistaken. She's like when can you just eat normal again? And she's like, I don't ever want to eat normal again because I don't want to look normal. <laughs> and that, there is a mindset shift that is possible for everyone if you want to make it happen. Yeah. And that's what this whole thing that we're talking about is all about, is it's a mindset shift. And the only way that you build that confidence to not give any fucks is to be competent by doing the things that scare you by doing the things that you question because you're so worried about what other people think yeah and i think that's a place an amazing level up that you can do for yourself that you'll never look back on yeah so i realized that i somewhat in a way contradicted myself but I still will say this. The people that I'm talking to are the people that are leveling up and concerned about what people might think about them leveling up. I'm not talking to those who just simply don't fucking care about themselves or their health or their well-being. That's not who I'm speaking to. I'm speaking to those who are trying to level up but are afraid of what others may think of them. I'm saying stop giving a fuck about what they think and you do you. You do the things that scare you. You do the things that you think might be weird. But live your life. Have your identity. Be yourself. And uh, live your life. Hells yeah. And Kill always it. end it with a bang. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> All right. Cool, cool, guys. All right. Anyways, well, um, thanks, yeah. you guys. So again, Mark Man- Manson. So art of not giving a fuck. If you haven't read this, do it. Do yourself a favor. Um, Buy the book. Download it on Audible. Um, Smash the like button. Subscribe to our podcast. Do all the things. And uh, hit the little notification bell so that you get all the new podcasts as well. So, Thank you guys. See ya. Love you guys.